0: Beautiful humans, welcome to another episode of Role Models: Juicy Conversations with Beautiful Humans. I'm Jennifer Norman, the founder of the Human Beauty Movement, and your host. Today's guest is the very lovely Sharice Visram. Sharice is a professional dancer, a dance teacher, now an empowerment mentor and public speaker. Her life is one of true alchemy. She has taken pain and hardship, transmuted them into power and she's here to talk about how she was able to break molds of childhood trauma and discrimination so you can
1: too. Welcome, Cherise. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Yeah, it's lovely to be here.
0: I'm so happy to have you. And from the UK, of all things, it's so exciting to have somebody from across the pond.
1: Yes, no, it's lovely to speak to you as well. I actually plan to move to America in 2020. And because oh. of the pandemic, and clearly I'm not there now that didn't happen. So um, <laughs> it's nice to just have a little touch base with yeah American culture and my family. I've got a lot of family in America as well.
0: Yeah, despite what's going on in America now, it's nice. Well, that you still wants. To-
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't want to move any more to clarify, but I hear
0: you. My and heart is totally- with everyone. <laughs> Totally understandable, but we'll get to that in a moment. At any rate, I would love for you to start from
1: the beginning. Let's hear all about you. What was it like with your upbringing and tell us anything that you'd like to share? Everyone's got a story to tell, haven't they? And I guess I've just found a way, yeah, through mine now as an adult, really. So yeah, from the beginning, so where I live in Kent in England is a predominantly white area. And I was one of three people of color growing up in my schooling And on top of that, I also had a parent that was an addict. So my home environment was very volatile always, to be honest. So what that meant was... With the way I was growing up outside of my home, it was like obviously having to armour up to be brave, to go out because I'd face a lot of racism and things like that. But also in the home, having a lot of responsibility and pressure to, I guess for me, I really feel like I was another parent in my household because my parent wasn't able to step up to the plate And I think because I just took it all in my stride, I didn't realise how much of a hardship that was really. And now looking back, and when I actually spoke about my childhood with a lot of my friends... I think because I made it look so easy and fun and normal and fine, everyone just thought everything was fun. And it was only when I started to say, oh, yeah, I didn't really that didn't happen to me. Yeah, no, my parent actually left me at school quite a few times and I didn't get picked up. And the teachers had to wait until someone came back for me and my sister. And, and that happened probably the whole time I was at primary school. Every single time they were meant to pick me up, you know, little things like that. You know, that's quite an easy nice one really to be fair in the grand scheme of things but yeah just realizing now as an adult that that wasn't normal and then just carrying those layers of armor as I got older that parent actually passed away and then I had over a series of course of years I had more and more relatives pass away quite close together now mm-hmm. I feel like in ethnic families we have large families anyway so when I say the number 11 people everyone's like <gasps> And it was obviously a lot of people, but this was over like a five, six year span. Even so, it's a lot of people. And I think in that process, I just became numb, I think, to feeling and just powering through every situation. And I really would say I adopted that toxic masculine energy. Like, I feel like because I didn't have a male role model in my life growing up that was dependable and someone that I could surrender to and feel like a young girl to, I then became the male of my household and that, that male role model and that strong person that actually my mum my and my sister did look up to at times for advice and support. And I just embodied everything that was. In my life, all of this is going on. And then on the other side of it is this love for performing and finding freedom in another space and I think for me really and truly I can see now that performing and dance has really been my outlet and my coping mechanism having Mm. a little root out of the craziness of what was going on in the outside world and my inner world and just being able to find something where I actually felt seen and heard and was able to express all of my emotions so Everything I did just channeled into the performing and it was dance to start off with when I was about three or four. And do you know what? To be honest, I started off with the classical styles at ballet and I didn't really connect to ballet, to be honest. I think I just liked dancing and moving to music. And it was only when I got to about 11 and I went up into, I think it's high school for you guys, actually. So I went into high school and then I started to do street dancing. So it's like hip hop, you know, but it's the watered down version of hip hop, really. (laughs) When I started that style, something inside of me just came alive. Yeah, I just channeled everything into that. So while all of this stuff's going on, you know, I I was just focusing tunnel vision on, on dancing. And I don't know if I ever thought that I could be a dancer when I was younger, but I always knew that that was... I wasn't going to have a conventional career. That was just in me that, I don't know, I felt like, I'm a Leo as well, so I don't know if it's that claim or that feel that you fight for the spotlight. I don't know what if it's something to do with that maybe, but I always knew that I was going to be a performer or or do something like that creative and artsy because that was really who I was inside. And I think it's nice because that was my feminine energy out there at the time. So yeah, all of this was going on and then I actually pursued dancing. So I ended up going to dance schools and dance colleges to the next level. And I'd never been academic, but I knew what I needed to get to get into these spaces and I worked really hard to get them and I did I always made it. And actually, when I got to my dance course at the university, all the way through dancing, to be honest, I always went through that feeling of not being good enough, you know, and having to like push really hard. Now, again, a really white dominated thing in England. I guess now the population is more diverse, but it wasn't when I was growing up. Someone said to me once, when you're a person of colour, you can't just be as good as all the other dancers in the room. You've got to be better than. Mm. And I feel like that, that really did carry with me my whole life, actually. Yeah, I faced that as an extra layer so although I was following my passion and loving it and being great I would go into these rooms of auditions with girls I'd say 500 girls would be in the room and I would be the only person of colour and I'd be the only person that was a curvy body shape and I'd be the only person that was maybe under five foot six and I'd be like cool so my whole life I fought for this space to be in this room to be accepted and even the dance industry doesn't really want me so it was kind of like a bit of a slap in the face again of wow what am I doing and then I just yeah just kept going really I think in my nature is just this strive for I'll show you, I'll prove to you. And I think with trauma, especially in my own experience, I found that things can even make you or break you. And I always feel like it made me fight harder every time because I felt like I always had something to prove. Yeah, so I kept pushing, kept pushing for every level of where I was going to. And then finally, I got to a job in Europe, abroad, and it wasn't what it was meant to be. And I had another one that was like that just the month before. And like, I came home and I must have cried for like a solid month. I was just like, why? What's that working? And then I just kind of started to think from that point, what am I doing with my life for one? And two, why have I not processed things? So at that point then, I started to look internally and realize that I wasn't doing any self-care. I wasn't journaling. I wasn't meditating. I wasn't doing any of that stuff. And I've really kind of from that point on made a pact with myself to tune in from then on I just started to unpack slowly all of these emotions and these layers of armor now these were just when I say layers of armor I mean like concrete walls and I was just taking like a a little spatula and scraping the edge so I wasn't even doing the deep dive yet but I was making some sort of a progress to try and I think the biggest thing that was in that situation I asked myself what am I good at and what do I enjoy doing And it was always the street dance side of things, the more freedom that I had with the styles. And when I left my dance schools and universities and stuff, they always said, you've got to do, you've got to go travelling, you've got to do that kind of thing. So that was what I was going for at the time. I was going for all these jobs that everyone told me to do, when actually I should have been going for the jobs that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So then when I made that decision to start going for the jobs that I wanted to do, doors started opening and I was like, ah, okay, okay because this is a thing my whole life I've never fit into a mold right you know looks wise physicality wise and I think even when we look at the patriarchy of the way the world is I am not a woman that will sit back and be quiet I, I'm not going to be seen and not heard I will always speak up and speak out and I think primarily because that is all I've known in my household environment is that if you want to be heard you have to shout but also the fact that discrimination constantly you know has, has come my way and I always believe that it will stop with me. So if someone decides to shout out racial slur, I will make sure they don't say that to anyone else again. So I'm going to tell them, actually, that's not okay. And it might not come out that polite either at the time. (laughs) <laughs> of my mouth yeah I kind of feel like I've always been very bold and brave in everything I do but what I've realized now down the line the doors start to open I start to find my way start to find people and things that all connect with me and like different cultures within dance that I just adore like different styles from around the world and I've met these really talented people that are just kind of in their own journey of similarities in terms of culture you know like I've not been appreciated and things like that but also people that are allies to that as well you know and and just beauty within dance and then finding that connection of like a love for a passion again these are the people that I've found along the way now on this journey of beautiful discovery and the real authentic connection through the dancing I guess what I realized more than anything is that the minute I took my foot off the gas I just flowed in those situations and I think I realize now even getting through So I said to you at the beginning when I came on that my plan was to move to America so everything started to go well in my career and I planned to move to America and then 2020 happened, the pandemic happened and I got stuck with this conversation again with myself. I've hit a wall and I had to ask myself what do I love doing and what do I want to do and actually helping people was the top priority and I think like I said because I'd started to do like a little bit of the work I kind of understood you know the importance of journaling and meditating and all these things and that all deepened throughout the pandemic because obviously I was alone with my feelings then I was able to deep dive into my soul finally find the core of what these things are and actually my inner self like I find I chiseled away at that wall that I'd built up for so many years of my life and yeah it's crumbled and I feel like now I'm actually finally standing bare in front of the world realizing that I've been trying to knock down doors my whole life and I was just going to the wrong rooms. Now I realize that people actually want to just be around authenticity, don't they? And rawness. I feel like all this time that I was trying to like push forward and like be something and be someone that actually who I was in myself was enough and the right things were always going to come at the right time. I just needed to surrender a little bit more. So Mm. yeah, now I just focus on accepting me as I am, loving myself fully and helping other people do the same thing and it's obviously a continuous journey we're always going to be met with our traumas and our demons and all this stuff dark stuff that will always come to the surface but every time they do now I identify it and I'm like hey I see you thanks for coming and then I can have a chat if it's my inner child I can just nurture myself again and yeah come out the other side just a little bit more refined and clearer and aligned. Amazing. Wow. You've been through a lot of
0: life already and It's amazing that you've been able to, you know, take the opportunity. I think a lot of people have really gone introspective during the pandemic to really figure out what makes their soul sing. Mm-hmm. And some are still trying to figure that out, boy, and it's okay. But you hit it exactly right when you say you know, once you stopped resisting and once you let that flow begin, that's when the law of attraction is so definitively mm-hmm. obvious in your life is that, you know, once you start releasing and feeling more. More yourself, and that you're okay with yourself, releasing all those inhibitions and those insecurities, all of those false beliefs, all of those things that we get concerned about that might be other opinions or societal norms, anything that's cultural that we brought up. When you're able to just let all of that go and slip into your true self and let your true self shine, that's when you resonate the strongest. And that's when you start to attract all of the things that are right for you into your Mm -hmm. life. On the contrary, contrary, what a lot of us do is that we do put those shields up. We put those guardrails up. As you were mentioning, you know, you get bold, you get more into that toxic masculinity because we feel like we have to create order. We have to push our way through. And that's exactly what we don't want to do because then you start to attract all of the things that you really don't want into your life based upon that energy. And then you become overwhelmed and that leads to all sorts of dysfunction. And you just don't Mm -hmm. know why, because you feel like you're trying to do your best the operative word trying. Mm. You shouldn't really have to try so hard. And I love that you had started into dance and you found this freedom in the type of dance that you enjoy too. Oh. We have so many similarities, I have to tell you, because I too started dancing when I was young. And then oh, it was, that. you know, going into the more technical aspect of it, which was ballet and point. I didn't find joy in it. I felt that it almost stripped the joy out because it became so much worse and so much perfectionism and then there's a looseness and a casualness of street dancing that I can definitely identify with <laughs> that gives you yeah. that sense of expression and freedom that you were looking for
1: mm, absolutely that and just personality as well I think is really lovely in street dance that like when I teach people I'm like it's about who you are and, and just showcasing that and I think that a lot of the classical styles obviously it's about formation and monotone and just blending in whereas street dance you get a chance to just celebrate who you are as a person and yeah that's what I love about it.
0: Oh, wow when you were going through this soul journey during the pandemic were there a few things that you might be able to point to that said oh this helped to release this particular good energy or this helped me to turn back and walk away from who I was in the past and suddenly realize that this is the me that I really need to be.
1: Yeah, I think um, what comes up for me a lot is realizing now that I'm exactly who I needed when I was younger. And I think that's a really powerful space to be in because a lot of the time we, when we're soul searching and we're diving deep, we think we need to be something other than we are. Whereas actually, if we look back at what we needed then and for actually every stage of my life, I feel like if there was someone that I could have gone to at that time to support me, it would have just lifted the burden a little bit. And I think just actually looking at myself in the mirror, even before I made that choice to do the empowerment journey and just thinking, gosh, like everything you've done has led you to where you are now and you are so enough as you are and I think that's the key point is when I made that realization that I was enough I then started to set affirmations for myself that I just repeated every single day until I believed them fully and in fact at one point I woke up in the middle of the night saying the affirmations in my head and it was at that point that I realized that I'm doing the work like I'm actually doing the work because I think A lot of it, when it comes to the deep dive into the soul, it is uncomfortable, isn't it? When we're doing the journaling and everything's coming out and we might sob through, like, meditations and all of this stuff. It is uncomfortable, hurtful. And the fact that we feel trauma and pain on a cellular level that gets re-experienced when we are diving deeper a few times I've been like physically hurled over feeling things that I never let myself feel years ago for like decades of time yeah it, it was hard but when I realized that actually right here as I am is beautiful is strong is brave is powerful is enough and is worthy of everything that I've ever wanted when I made that realization it's just something clicked and everything just felt light and actually I do owe it to an incredible breathwork session I'd never done breathwork before and it was all about healing your inner child and I didn't even know that when it came up it was just a friend of mine she collabed with another friend and yeah I did the session I'm so glad they said turn your camera off because honestly I was in absolute hysterics But as a form of trauma as I said we fit it on a cellular level as you probably know but in the body as well and it causes ailments and my ailment was IBS so I had IBS severely for about four years four or five years it was like crippling at times i like had been in so much pain bearable obviously but I think again that's probably my toxic masculine being like I'm fine when I wasn't <laughs> but um yeah after that session and I cried probably the whole way through again like, like I'm peeling over with pain And I got out of the session and it just went it was gone and I feel like something unlocked in me so I feel like it probably was a combination of doing the journaling meditating doing the breath work and the affirmations together as a combination and then everything in my body and my soul and I feel like my spirit just kind of said there you are you know after through all the cloudy murkiness of my whole life and constantly putting layers on myself and like kind of creating like a bit of a a cage, I would say a cage of like trauma. And then finally I just, every day was breaking out a bit a little bit a little bit a little bit and now i kind of broke free and then that was when yeah my meditations got richer i started to see more colors and things and you know my spirituality has deepened so much more since that so i do urge everyone to do the work and it's so funny because so many of my friends i talked about it i'm like you know when they're telling me about their stuff and what they're going for i'm like do, do you journal do you meditate and they're like oh you know i know no no not really and i'm like well you know I know you don't want to but it does work and they're like I'm like when you're ready you will and Mm -hmm. that's what I believe for everyone I think when you're ready to do the dive and again you know like journaling might not work for someone it might be talking to a friend or being open and honest speaking to a counselor therapist you know there are other routes it's not just the set ones that I did but I owe so much to those practices because without doing them I just can't imagine what I would have been doing with my life at this point you know just following the wrong well not even the wrong but you know the old narrative of having to fight to be the best or to be seen and probably being in the wrong room of what I wanted to go for in terms of dance and just maybe again going through seas of people in these rooms and feeling not enough and I don't want anyone to feel like that anymore ever again
0: Yeah, it's so wonderful that you were able to find modalities that did work for you. I know that for me, it was quite similar. I was going through a period of time that was quite difficult about four years ago. And luckily, I had a friend come stay with me who was very much further along on her spiritual journey than I was. And she asked me about, because I think that at the time when people start feeling anxious or they feel depressed or they feel overwhelmed, all of these things, and they're lacking clarity, it's hard to really drum up what those true emotions are because they're so jumbled up inside and she suggested to me have you ever tried free writing which is a little bit different than journaling but I was like no I've never done that before I mean I've written I write all the time I write copy for marketing I write very precise copy but it's very different from just writing from the mind like a stream of thought I got big pieces of paper of 18 by 24. And I just started writing, writing, writing. it at first it just seemed like gobbledygook, but then it just started to flow. It just started to flow. And that really was the start of my release and helped me to get onto a greater journey of understanding, getting clarity and developing more of a meditation practice for myself. The friends that I have who were like, I don't have time to meditate, I was like, oh, then you need to reserve double the
1: time. <laughs> Absolutely. You need to make time for that. <laughs> You know what's really lovely about what you said about the writing the free writing I remember listening to an uh, author that wrote The Alchemist Paolo Coelho, is it uh-huh. and he did a podcast with Oprah and he said that when he wrote that book he felt like the universe the source was writing through him mm-hmm. and I almost feel like when you're free writing you have that. yeah yeah and how, that's just so beautiful that sounds yeah really lovely and actually I I think now, without realizing, I do do that sometimes. And yeah, just it's a lovely way, isn't it? Really feminine energy, as well, that is. So. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. And I believe that we are coming into a more divine feminine timeline. Mm-hmm. Whereas it starts to seem, although, of course, in the United States, it seems like that might have been set back a little bit. Wow. <laughs> right? yeah. Truly, there had been this sense of order and organization and rigidity, and I'll call it professionalism, which just is more of a masculine type trait, mm-hmm. and the free flowing and the spirit and the essence of creativity, which also. Equals chaos is really the time that we're at because when there is a change and a transition, there's always chaos. And so we start to feel all this bubbling up of this energy, and a lot of these things that need to be resolved, they need to be surfaced in order to be resolved and then cleared. So, a lot of people are like, What else is going to (laughs) happen? What more (laughs) could possibly happen? They wake up and they feel like, you know, the world is changing and they've lost their footing. That causes a lot of people to feel what we call the ascension pains, right? It's like, you know, oh my
1: gosh, so much so. (laughs) And I think, you know, what I find is a real overall art statement for everyone is that things are going to happen always you know like there's going to be disruptions there's going to be unlevel ground there's going to be maybe rocks falling at you metaphorically but mm-hmm. it's how you deal with those issues that is what defines you you know and there is a way to surrender through it and make it work and at some point you might need to take a bit of a masculine energy through it but as long as you know yourself fully you'll always find your way through it and i think that self trust is just I think the most important thing so I think my real urge for everyone is to just get to know yourself really 100% like know what your triggers are what your flaws are what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are because that in itself is so much power so much awareness for yourself to know how you'll navigate through and what the best decision to make is because that's almost Yeah, I guess maybe that's taking a bit of a polarity between the masculine and feminine energy. And one is if you have the ability to be all these things and feel them when the time is right, but being aware of them, you know, maybe that's as a combination. I don't know. But I feel like that's where now when things do go awry in my life, I know exactly what I need to do to get through it. And I'll have a little moment of panic. I might be like, ah, and then I'll be like, okay, (laughs) breathe, (laughs) breathe. And then let's put it into boxes or if we can, you know, like say, for example, I've got to like my week next week, I've got to choreograph like five different routines, but then I'm also delivering two talks and I've got a presentation to do. And then I'm also doing some research. So then it's like, okay, what's the priority? What needs to be done first? And what can we hold off at? And actually, do I feel inspired to dance right now? Yeah, I do. Okay, put the music on. Let's whack out two routines, you know. So it's just <laughs> kind of calm this. Well, it's not really calmness and chaos It's actually just surrender and yeah, trust.
0: Yeah, yeah. Are there any particular breathwork techniques that you seem to go back to more often to help you get into that calmness or that sense of control,
1: so to speak? I feel like my like go to every day staple is a box breath. You know, like no matter what, I just give a give a good box breath. But what I do love to do is like a visualisation breath where I just start off with my normal breath and then I make it deeper and deeper. And then I imagine connecting right up to the very highest point i possibly can and i focus on maybe a star at the tip of the universe so it goes on and on and on and then i take that breath all the way down through my body through my spine all the way down to the core of the universe Mm -hmm. and i just collect it back up and back down and i make the breath smaller and smaller and smaller and i feel connected in my space again to Mm -hmm. whatever realm or spiritual you practice you know whether it's a god or anything like that whoever you want to feel like you're connecting to in that time, I just end up feeling present. And I mm-hmm. think that's the best space we can be in, right, present. Because, you know, when we're thinking too much, we're too much in our head. And I'm like, right now. And this is another thing I do when I'm feeling overwhelmed is I just say to myself, be here now. Mm-hmm. Uh, be here now.
0: I always think about Ram Das whenever I think of that phrase, <laughs> because he was yeah. so famous in his book, be here now. I tend to lean towards the Udayi Pranayama breath when I need to calm down. And for those that are listening and aren't familiar with that, it's really like this dragging of the breath across the back of the throat, almost constricting the throat so that you sound like the waves of an ocean. So it's like not only does it create that auditory essence of the waves in the ocean, it tends to help to calm the vagus nerve, which is the nerve that manages your cortisol levels. And so it does have this instant ability to provide calm, all the while you're getting this oxygenation. And so it's getting you that energy and helping you feel refreshed and calm at the same time, which I find pretty powerful if I'm in a little bit of a state of a tizzy. And then also doing some reframing of things. I've Notice that if I think about a number of people that are like, oh my gosh, I'm anxious or I'm panicked. And the fact that they say that about themselves into itself creates even more anxiousness or panic. Mm. But if you can say instead, I'm really excited, you know, just frame your nervousness or your anxiousness, your anxiety as excitement and eagerness it tends to flip you into a more positive way of being able to go into it with a sense of eagerness and joy rather than intimidation or fear.
1: Mm, And trust as well, you know, like know that every situation you're always supported and you will make the right decision or choice, yet you're always supported. I think knowing that takes a little bit of pressure off
0: it does it does and knowing that there are no mistakes everything Mm -hmm. happens and you either learn from it or you get a reward from it or there's a lesson there so you know just framing everything that happens as like instead of saying what's the worst that can happen I like to say what's the best that can happen absolutely (laughs) just changes things up so tell me what it's like because you said that you're now a dance teacher and so you have students what kind of students are you often teaching
1: well I was teaching a lot through just the performing stages as well because I still perform now but I taught primarily I would say from 11 to kind of 18 year olds more so and also adults within that space as well but it was mainly those kind of age groups there and that goes for like everyone as well you know like not just one gender it's very mixed and that's really come in handy now because whenever you connect with people I feel like to meet them on their level is always the best way and I feel like maybe because I still have quite a playful nature in me I do connect really well with young people but also adults as well I feel like I can just be myself and I think in every situation and scenario I am just showing up as me I don't put on a teacher voice I don't do any of that I literally am fully just me in the space and I think especially young people they really resonate with that so much more I think if you come in and you're like right guys they're all like who is this like I mean so just being myself has really worked in my favor I love teaching young people for so long but I'm really realizing now that the way the world's changed and the fact that technology has taken over and their priorities have changed you know like so being in that space in after school clubs and like extracurricular activities and things like that they used to be so excited to be there and now there's so much disconnect so Mm. what I'm actually doing is at the end of this term is that I'm stopping my regular classes that I go to and I'm just focusing on doing workshops with young people now Mm. but I actually teach in London adults and it's an open class I mean I say adults anyone can attend And, yeah, I've been really connecting in that space a lot more. I find that people that are actually paying to be in your space and learn from you in an adult setting, you know, young people, their parents are sending them there or whatever, their carers, whereas adults that want to learn from you, no matter what their ability is, that for me is a real fulfilment because they're connected in that space and they're present. Whereas, yeah, I guess, you know, if you're there because you have to be there, it's completely different energy. And I feel like in everything that I do, I just give 100%. You know, I give my whole self to the space. And what I'm finding is that I end up feeling drained now from those rooms because I know that they'd rather be on their phone messaging their friends or whatever. And I can hold their attention for that time. I can, and I make it work. But I know that before the pandemic they were so much more engaged. They so much more wanted to be there. And I can't give any more. And I I literally say that to them. I'm like, guys, I can give you all of the moves, but if you're not dancing them, I can't jump in your body and do it for you. You have to actually try a little bit. And I feel like I'm probably, I'd say, eight months into that mentality of them giving that back to me. And that's when I know, okay, changes need to be made. And that's okay because I've given 10 years of my time to continuously do that. And I'm not saying I'm not doing it again. I'm just saying that it looks different now. I feel great about what's going to happen next because I feel like everyone will benefit from it. Doing a short workshop every couple of weeks will benefit them more because they'll be more engaged in that amount of time. Mm -hmm. I mean, as in, yeah, like an hour and a half setting or two hours or even three hours at once every couple of weeks. And then I get a mutual exchange back because I think at the moment it's all me giving I love to see people express themselves have fun and have a good time and when I don't get that back for everything I'm giving that's when it becomes a bit hard and I think Mm -hmm. I don't want to be in that space anymore I want us all to elevate the room so much more and with my adult classes it's just the space is phenomenal even if there's only three dancers in the room everyone leaves on a high and you know I get lovely compliments about how Yeah, they just felt really seen in the class and they just they hadn't danced in a while, but it made them fall in love with it again. You know, like all these lovely things that we all strive for. Yeah. So I feel like that's really what everything's looking like for me now is that, yeah, little and often or small doses of, but more impactful, I think.
0: I love that. I love that. And you're exactly right. I remember when I was growing up, my mom bought this antique baby grand piano and was like, somebody in the family needs to learn how to play the piano. Jennifer, you're learning how to play the piano. And I was like, I didn't want to learn how to play. Piano. <laughs> and so for nine years, I took these lessons that I really dreaded absolutely mm-hmm. dread and I could have in nine years I should be fantastic I should be amazing but I stink because I just put no effort into it and it wasn't something that I was inspired to do from my own soul it was something that I was forced to do and told to do and there's such a difference there's mm-hmm. such a difference with kids it's a difference between inspiration and motivation even at work it's like if you can find people who are self-inspired they've got that vigor and that passion for wanting to be in the room wanting to do it wanting to go the extra mile they can feel it and it feels just like flow versus you know it's like uh,
1: you know? yeah <laughs> it brings the energy down for everyone and I'm not a morning person so if I'm <laughs> getting up on a Saturday morning when <laughs> I could be out with my friends or asleep and you're not giving me anything no yeah. sir I'm done thank yeah. you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who are some of your favorite dancers today oh wow gosh there's so many I feel like I don't even know if I could name anyone off the top of my head. What I resonate with more with dancers is that when there's a story behind what they're doing, you know, a connection and real beauty between making a statement, not the dance needs to be political, but I do feel like we have not an obligation but a way to make art with our bodies but also for a purpose and a cause and I feel like if we can do that then that's just beautiful and there's so many really incredible dance companies in the UK that are actually like contemporary based as well it's never really been my thing to look at but I'm enjoying that and then we've got a couple of like hip-hop companies are making movements as well in the UK and, and also in America obviously you have such a grand scale and that was really one of the reasons why I wanted to go to America because there's such a huge platform for dancers and there's so much more work available but yeah I, I, do you know what off the top of my head I couldn't give you a name because I feel like there's just so much of it there's a lot of richness yeah. coming through and I think because of the pandemic as well We've all been cooking. Everyone, all of these choreographies have been stuck inside for a long time. So everyone's like starting to unleash and connect and just move together and yeah, create more, which is yeah, kind of how I see dance moving is to more people that way, you know, to make Mm -hmm. a statement and be bold and and not even bold you know sometimes you don't have to be bold about it but maybe I think in the UK I don't know about in America but a lot of the adverts now feature a lot of dance and stuff like that in which is great because it just gets other people seeing you know that dance isn't just or whatever you right, know? right or this like old school like crossover street dance move <laughs> that everyone does. <laughs> and now a lot of it is
0: on tiktok <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, this is another thing that I kind of <laughs> battle with. Actually, is the love and the hate for TikTok. There's a very a, much, much a duality actually about that because I know that it creates so much opportunity for people, and it's a great platform for people to go viral and all this lovely stuff. But then it is that the, the downside to it is that my dancers in my class that are 15 years old that do not want to learn how to point their toes are attempting to do a little tiktok dance in the mirror and i'm like guys you don't even know the basic foundations of what dance is yet let's not do that part okay but they're like okay it it doesn't matter i don't need to learn i don't need to learn any technique because i'm just going to be a tiktoker and i'm like yeah Yeah. okay so that that, that's my love hate relationship for it
0: Exactly, exactly. I see that. And it's funny when you see the ones that do the dual screens and it's like, okay, this is what a TikTok dancer will do
1: with the moves. And this is what an actual dancer will do. Yeah, exactly. Side side.
0: It's fabulous.
1: I know, but for the, for the actual dancers, like the, I know quite a few dancers that are, are using TikTok on their platform, they're using their own choreography incredible way to showcase what you can do but then yeah the fact that some random person will just repeat that dance and go viral and maybe make lots of money from it I'm like uh, yeah you know I didn't just train my whole life for you to do that in five minutes <laughs> I mean maybe it's me being jealous I don't know but I, take I know
0: I know it's so funny because it is a battle for us I'm sure that it is for so many people who are really skilled and trained and educated in a specific way and then just to see somebody seemingly go viral overnight or get famous mm. or powerful overnight just because they were able to copy a couple of dances
1: or do something like that it is a lot to take it is a lesson in flow for us as well right yeah absolutely and I do believe as well that everything happens for a reason so I think you know what if that's their way to win then good for them and there'll be another path another way I feel like the life of constant lessons I think Oprah in her book what happened to you it's post-traumatic wisdom you know so like the more you go through in your life the more wisdom you gain and the more you can help other people so that's the yeah. realization I've made with that
0: yeah yeah that one is on my reading list too I haven't gotten to it yet
1: <laughs> highly recommend it it was life-changing that book that was actually when I was in the pandemic and I was doing my deep dive I read that book and I was like "Wow, that's me um yeah that's me I'll take that now um, do I put that under my email signature up maybe Sharif Bivram, MA, post-traumatic wisdom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that a lot of us, it's so nice to be able to connect with people who do have these shared experiences. If you were alive today, you are a survivor because we've all been through some trauma. It's been mm. very, very difficult and there's been a lot of loss. You've had so much loss even before the pandemic and we're still here smiling about it, <laughs> which mm. is a testament to strength and to wisdom. And for us just knowing that there's going to be better tomorrows
1: absolutely connecting with people as well you know like that's what I think this space has given us all is that we were isolated for so long that now it is about coming together it is about sharing our experiences and yeah bonding and just creating more love and I mm-hmm. think like you said about this feminine energy shift it's like even with what's going on in America and the laws and stuff I do believe that this one thing will make womanhood stronger and togetherness Mm. stronger and even hopefully create more allyships from it because yeah I I do believe that there is going to be so much strength from this and overturn and that beautiful outcomes in the end I do believe that this is just a stepping stone it's not a full stop it's like a comma
0: I love that you just mentioned that too because I remember so much competitiveness and talk about dance being competitive you know all too well how competitive dance is and this whole kind of mean girl mentality and Mm. I want to win at the sake or it's like a zero-sum game somebody else has to fail in order for me to succeed. And that old paradigm is just not working it's just not working for anybody. And so I really am so pleased to see that there is so much more allyship more vulnerability, more it's okay to mm. let off your guard, to have a meltdown, to feel like you need to cry it out, to talk to somebody about what's going on. You don't have to put up this facade of strength if it's not real because it's debilitating. And mm. that's part of the reason why I love this podcast so much. We get to have conversations. There's not debate. There's not us versus them. It's us having conversations that bring us together and we can really bond over our shared experiences, our joys, the struggles that have defined some of the parts of our lives, but don't define us.
1: A hundred percent that. No, it's really beautiful that you have this space as well. And thank you for yeah having me here to share because it has been so lovely and beautiful. And I completely agree. I think us as people, but especially as women, you know, if we're changing the narrative here, then that's going to be that drop in the ocean and it's going to create a ripple effect of more togetherness more beautiful connection more divinity more divine feminine and just yeah all of that lovely beautiful thing that the world needs more of
0: lovely well Sharice, it was such a joy to have you on i'm going to put all of your contact information in the show notes so people know where to find you but in the meantime stay beautiful stay well and we'll see you next time thank you